Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Shishma Singh. Let us start discussion on chapter 9, Constitution as a Living Document. In this chapter, you will see how the Constitution has worked in the last 55 years and how India has managed to be governed by the same constitution. After studying this chapter, you will find that the Indian constitution can be amended according to the needs of the time. Though many such amendments have already taken place, the constitution has remained intact and its basic premises have not changed. The judiciary has played an important role in protecting the constitution and also in interpreting the constitution. And the constitution is a document that keeps evolving and responding to changing situation. Now let us discuss the topic are constitutions static. It is not uncommon for nations to rewrite their constitutions in response to changed circumstances or change of ideas within the society or even due to political upheavals. The Soviet Union had four constitutions in its life of 74 years, 1918, 1924, 1936 and 1977. In 1991, the rule of the Communist Party of Soviet Union came to an end and soon the Soviet Federation disintegrated. After this political upheaval, the newly formed Russian Federation adopted a new constitution in 1993. But look at India. The Constitution of India was adopted on 26 November 1949. Its implementation formally started from 26 January 1950. More than 55 years after that, the same Constitution continues to function as the framework within which the government of our country operates. Is it that our constitution is so good that it needs no change? Was it that our constitution makers were so far-sighted and wise that they had foreseen all the changes that would take place in future? In some sense, both the answers are correct. It is true that we have inherited a very robust constitution. The basic framework of the constitution is very much suited to our country. It is also true that the constitution makers were very far-sighted and provided for many solutions for the future situations. But No constitution can provide for all eventualities.
no document can be seen that it needs no change then how does the same constitution continue to serve the country one of the answers to such questions is that our constitution accepts the necessity of modifications according to changing needs of the society secondly in the actual working of the constitution there has been enough flexibility of interpretations both political practice and judicial rulings have shown maturity and flexibility in implementing the constitution these factors have made our constitution a living document rather than a closed and static rule book in any society those responsible for drafting the constitution at a particular time would face one common challenge the provisions of the constitution would naturally reflect efforts to tackle the problems that the society is facing at the time of making of the constitution at the same time the constitution must be a document that provides the framework of the government for the future as well therefore the constitution has to be able to respond to the challenges that may arise in the future in this sense the constitution will always have something that is contemporary and something that has a more durable importance at the same time a constitution is not a frozen and unalterable document it is a document made by human beings and may need revisions changes and reexamination it is true that the constitution reflects the dreams and aspirations of the concerned society it must also be kept in mind that the constitution is a framework for the democratic governance of the society in this sense it is an instrument that societies create for themselves this dual role of the constitution always leads to difficult questions about the status of the constitution is it so sacred that the nobody ever can change it alternatively is it so ordinary an instrument that it can be modified just like any other ordinary law the makers of the indian constitution were aware of this problem and sought to strike a balance they placed the constitution above ordinary law and expected that the future generations will respect this document at the same time they recognized that in the future this document may require modifications even at the time of writing the constitution they were aware that on many matters there were differences of opinion whenever society would veer towards any particular opinion a change in the constitutional provisions would be required thus the indian constitution is a combination
of both the approaches mentioned above. That the constitution is a sacred document and that it is an instrument that may require changes from time to time. In other words, our constitution is not a static document. It is not the final word about the everything. It is not unalterable. We have already seen that the makers of our constitution wanted to strike a balance. The constitution must be amended if so required, but it must be protected from unnecessary and frequent changes. In other words, they wanted the constitution to be flexible and at the same time rigid. Flexible means open to changes and rigid means resistant to changes. A constitution that can be very easily changed or modified is often called flexible. In the case of constitution which are very difficult to amend, they are described as rigid. The Indian constitution combines both these characteristics. The makers of the constitution were aware of the fact that there may be some faults or mistakes in the constitution. They knew that the constitution could not be totally free of errors. Whenever such mistakes would come to light, they wanted the constitution to be easily amended and to be able to get rid of these mistakes. Then they were there were some provisions in the constitution that were of temporary nature and it was decided that these could be altered later on once the new parliament was elected. But at the same time the constitution was framing a federal polity and therefore the rights and powers of the states could not be changed without the consent of the states. Some other features were so central to the spirit of the constitution that the constitution makers were anxious to protect these from change. These provisions had to be made rigid. These considerations led to different ways of amending the constitution. There are many articles in the constitution which mention that these articles can be amended by a simple law of the parliament. No special procedure for amendment is required in such cases and there is no difference at all between the, an amendment and an ordinary law. These parts of the constitution are very flexible. Read carefully following text of some articles of the constitution. In both these articles, parliament may change admit into the union or new states. Article 3, parliament may law, may be law increase the area of any state. In both these articles, the wording by law indicates that these articles can be modified by the parliament without recourse to procedure laid down in article 3, 
1968. Many other articles of the constitution can be modified by the parliament in the simple manner. For amending the remaining parts of the constitution provision has been made in article 368 of the constitution. In this article, the, there are two methods of amending the constitution and they apply to two different sets of articles of the constitution. One method is that amendment can be made by special majority of two houses of the parliament. The other method is more difficult. It requires special majority of the parliament and consent of half of the state legislatures. Note that all amendments of the constitutions are initiated only in the parliament. Besides the special majority in the parliament, no outside agency like a constitution commission or a separate body is required for amending the constitution. Similarly, after the passage in the parliament and in some cases in state legislatures, no referendum is required for ratification of the amendment. An amendment bill like all other bills goes to the parliament for his assent, goes to the president for his assent. But in this case, the parliament president has no power to send it back for reconsideration. These details show how rigid and complicated the amending process could be have been. Our constitution avoids these complications. This makes the amendment procedure relatively simple. But more importantly, this process underlines an important principle. Only elected representatives of the people are empowered to consider and take final decisions on the question of amendments. Thus, sovereignty of elected representatives is the basis of the amendment procedure. Now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.